and welcome to this Property Live podcast. My name is Mark Winship. I'm a property investor and mentor, and this week I'm joined by Jordan Kynock to discuss the issue of saturated markets. No doubt you'll be familiar with talk in the mainstream media and between other property investors that certain property markets in certain areas are simply saturated. In this episode, Jordan and I discuss what this means for us as investors, how to stand out within a market that others might believe is saturated, and how to diversify your portfolio to mitigate against the risk that conditions might change within your investment area. We've got lots to cover in this episode, so let's get straight into it. Hey Jordan, good to see you. How are you doing? Very well, thanks Mark. How's yourself? Yeah, I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, so so we're here to talk about um, markets being saturated. So kind of a myth buster episode, but talking a little bit around um, saturated markets. So so I'm, I'm willing to bet good money that if you jumped on any kind of property Facebook forum or gave it a quick Google or whatever it is, um, you're pretty sure to find somebody talking about such and such a market in such and such an area is saturated. And you don't want to be going there. You don't want to be doing that particular strategy in that that area. Um, you particularly find it around sort of HMOs and to a certain extent service accommodation and holiday lets. And obviously you and I invest in both of those areas. So um, what are your thoughts on market saturation? Is it is it a thing? Is it something we should be aware of? And yeah, what are your what are your what's your take on it? So market saturation, it's it's one of those things that, as you said, the the name or the words have been buzzed around for so many years now. Yeah. Someone's gonna tell you, right, don't go there because it's it's already been and gone. There's not anything yeah. else to do. Which in some cases, yes, that might be, but as yeah. you mentioned, it's because there's a specific strategy which has been yeah, completely taken to its furthest point and then that's when there might have been regulations that brought in from the councils to then put in something article 4 for hmos to prevent any further development happening um but there's always a another means and a ways to be profitable or be um business savvy in those areas so we're just talking uh, before we came on about turning instead of it being a six bedroom HMO, you turn it into four bedroom multiplex. So you're not hitting yeah. that certain yeah. tier point for HMO licensing. And then you've got an option there. So mm. yeah, saturation is it's certainly something to be aware of, but it doesn't scare me. It doesn't worry me with yeah. what I do investing. And I suppose where I am now from having been investing for over seven, almost eight years now, it's I've diversified my portfolio quite a lot mm. across the type of strategies yeah. I'm doing, such as buy to let, social housing, HMOs, multi-lets, flips, um, looking to compare commercial stuff as well. Yeah. So turning those different strategies, I can focus on potentially one area or yeah. diversify across a number of areas. So investing in at least I've got five different investment areas that I invest in now. So when I first started, when one area got very kind of maybe not even saturated, but just a lack of stock for me at that time, yeah. I at least managed to then go to another place to then carry on my busy purchasing process. Yeah. To then wait for where my first investment area was to build back up again with new stock. So yeah, the there's always saturation, but it's it's not thinking 
it's the glass half full versus glass mm. half empty kind of scenario of not allowing that to hold you back or fear because as you mentioned people will always talk about it yeah. but those people might not be following the same process you need to follow so they might be needing a hundred percent roi to make yeah. this deal work yeah and that's what they're saying oh it's oversaturated you can't get money and money out deals yeah. however you might be looking for 50 percent or 33 percent roi or it could be a flip and that yeah. actually brings deals into the market for you so yeah, yeah it's, it's not listening to the full crowd and just take kind of taking pinches of salt i would probably yeah. say but but fear is the thing, isn't it? That that's that's what this creates. Particularly, I think anybody looking to start out investing, or maybe they're looking to sort of implement another strategy, it, it creates a lot of fear around whether or not that you're at the right place at the right time. You know, whether that the ship has sailed on that particular strategy in that area. I mean, my take on saturation is that that you know. I guess, you know, like you said, we, we've been doing this for long enough to see some examples of where certain markets in certain areas get so hot that, you know, it, it is difficult to sort of make your mark. You know, Liverpool a few years ago, just it seemed like everybody was kind of flocking to Liverpool to do to do this, that and the other. And Stoke's been really hot the last few years. So, you know, to a certain degree, that is you need to um, have an awareness of of where the market's at with those sort of things. But at the same time, like like you said, for me, a market becoming saturated or a lot of people coming into the same space that I operate in really just means that I've got to find a way to differentiate what I'm doing from everybody else. You know, so a really simple example of that might be. Um, Investing in HMOs in Liverpool um, four or five years ago, you know, we were doing good quality but relatively standard conversions of kind of Victorian two, three bed terrace houses into six bed license HMOs, couple of bathrooms, good communal space, etc. And, you know, nice, smart properties. And they did, did really well for a period of time. But then it were, it started to become the case that those investors that were able to bring on suites into some of their HMOs, for example, started to jump to the, the top of the pile again, you know, and they started to be able to differentiate themselves from from everything else that was going on. And for me, that's that's a big part of, of, of the process, isn't it? You know, because saturation is going to create an issue, I guess, for anybody that isn't um, what's the word like pivoting adapting because your rents are going to go down because there's there's it's just simple supply and demand isn't it whereas yeah. if you can find a little niche within that where you can still occupy that that space then there is no reason why you can't still do really well in a market that other people might be describing as saturated yeah totally and you've kind of tipped a bit on the head of what i've done myself of mm. oh, I, i've invested down liverpool way and um it was one of those things the in thing was doing six bedroom hmos so yeah. i first started doing that fine but yeah i was probably when i started investing down liverpool i was told it was five years too late but i still mm -hmm. managed to get deals i've still managed to get um tenants into my properties but then after a period of time i realized the cost factor the return factor so when 80 percent of the stock was all six beds i thought right let's pivot to do a four bed ensuite and like you said mm. mine were always filled <coughs> instantly because it was such a unique thing for someone yeah. to do so it's every 
I think one of the things that I've learned from every time I've gone to a new investment area is anyone that I speak to, if it is a past um, investor or an agent, they'll all tell me you're too late because it's yeah. their scarcity for having someone new coming into their domain and they're expecting, mm, do I really want someone else and more competition? But mm. I don't see them as competition to me and they shouldn't see me as competition because yes i like to buy a lot in the year well i like to buy maybe eight to ten properties in the year so think how many properties hit the market on a daily to weekly to monthly basis mm. i cannot buy every single one of them so mm. i shouldn't really be that scared of them because there's still going to be enough stock that i'll be able to buy at some mm. point so yeah. it's yeah people people will always say um the market is saturated and you're too late into the market but mm it's 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 their own thoughts their own mindset you get that a lot though don't you it's, I, I know you and i both um work with with students who are who are out there trying to build even buy to let portfolios and and you've got angel uh, angels uh, agents shutting the door on them you know basically saying oh you you know you and everybody else trying to invest in this area and you know not another investor kind of thing which seems like a strange thing for an agent who's um, incentivized by sales to be saying, but um, but you do get, and I think, you know, if I put myself in uh, their shoes, you know, just starting out, that could be quite um, demoralizing and could really sort of throw you off, couldn't it? Throw you off track. If that's the first conversation you have with an agent and they imply to you that there's so many investors that, you know, there's just not enough deals to go around, yeah. then, you know, that that could be, I mean, don't get me wrong, you've got to take input from people in, in your investment area and people who know the area well. But, you know, equally, there'll be plenty of people that are building relationships and uncovering really good deals in that space. So it's... Yeah. Um, it's yeah. looking, it's trying to look at other ways of... So the last three purchases I've done recently, they've all been still on market. So when mm. I've had agents telling me, place is saturated you're not going to find a deal here not a chance mm. every every tom dick and harry have been saying the exact same thing mm. i went out looked online there was a property i could look at yeah. bang offered on it <laughs> offered below market value as well so mm. it was on for um what was it on for i think it was on for 40 45 and i bought it for 37 and a half yeah so the deal is still a great deal but no one just yeah was challenging that or mm. i was looking at different tabs so instead of it being now i'm getting to the point of i'm buying portfolios and i'm wanting to basically do work smarter not harder so yeah. instead of buying one by to let or one hmo or whatever at a time i'm condensing bringing four six eight properties at a time if not more mm. so i just obviously switched my train of thought and my approach to looking mm. instead of it being on just normal residential properties then look yeah. into the commercial tab and yeah. then that's where i found a portfolio and that's one i just recently bought in the uh on the end of january so yeah. that's i just turned around but that was something that was sitting there on the market for plain plain sight for everyone to see everyone's saying the place is saturated it's there's a property still there ready for sale and again mm. negotiated to get it um at a great price but it was just because i looked at a different tab and a different line of attack because yeah again other competition might be nervous for buying multiple properties at one one yeah. Uh, motion yeah yeah so it's it's because it's kind of a catch-22 situation isn't it because you want to 
if you're looking at a new strategy or you're just starting out, you, you want to gain confidence from knowing that there are other people in the area doing that, you know, because that's a, a decent sign. You don't want to be sort of rocking up somewhere trying to do a strategy that no one else is, is, um, is, is operating necessarily. But at the same time, you know, you, you don't want to feel that you're going into an area, like you said, where you're five years too late and, 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 and actually you're on a downward curve with that strategy rather than an, an, an upward curve. So I guess the take home message really on that is do your own research, isn't it? Is what we're saying is like, it's not that saturation doesn't exist, but it's do your own research and don't sort of take someone's word for it immediately and, and, and just sort of see a, a post on Facebook or speak to an the first agent you speak to who tells you that there's no deals and then go and run a mile and, 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 um, and abandon your, your strategy. I think you've really got to get to grips with what's actually going on in that area, isn't it? Yes, it's exactly. Everyone has got different strategies. Everyone's got different targets, um, aspirations. So I'll take their advice, but I might not take the whole of it out. Like I said, I'll take yeah. a portion of it. I'll, I'll then research it myself and then yeah, see, yeah. right. Cause this again, someone i always from the very very early age starting property i learned very quickly of who to actually listen to and who not to listen to and there was yeah. always certain criteria points so those for instance just recently there was someone who i got put in touch with and um having a conversation with them and they asked me a question which i found to be quite baffling that they've been in the game for a long period of time and they're looked at as someone a little bit further down the line and expert yeah. side, but they didn't know the basics to the article four and they didn't, they actually asked me what article four was. So <laughs> at that point I questioned that they, that wasn't their main focus yeah. or strategy, but mm -hmm. I was still baffled by, they didn't understand something, which for me personally, I found quite well, very basic to do. So it's that kind of thing. I'll always mm -hmm. kind of pre, I would, I would not judge them, but pre-question them to see yeah. is their information correct or worthwhile to actually take on board and then take take forward to to adapt into my own business. Yeah, yeah. and it's yeah, it's 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 interesting because um, you you mentioned something right at the beginning about that I thought was a really good point. And I just want to come back to which is about this idea of spreading risk and diversifying your portfolio. Yeah. And I think actually, as well as doing your research into any particular area of strategy, I think as you move forward, having half an eye to diversifying and being and spreading your risk is 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 really smart advice, actually, isn't it? Because that, in a sense, protects you against certain strategies being particularly hot and then maybe they die off and then something else picks up. And if you've got a portfolio that um, allows you to ride those waves a little bit and actually adapt and, and modify and I think sometimes I think when you start out and, you know, I know we're always really, really hot on the message that you must be strategy focused and you've got to be really clear on don't just, you know, take a scattergun approach to this. You've got to really focus on your strategy. But that doesn't mean to say that will be your strategy forever. It no. doesn't mean to say that will be the only thing that you ever do. So great example of that. We, we're, we're in the process of selling a few properties within our portfolio because we're always reviewing. We're always, you know, looking at where, what direction we want to move in. And it struck me the other day that when, once these 
properties complete that we're selling, we will have sold every single property that got us to our financial security figure. So everything <laughs> that we that. initially built the base to get to that point has now gone. We, we've sold that. It, it, it served a purpose. It achieved mm -hmm. that. And now we've actually, we, we're on to different strategies and diversifying. So that's a really clear message, isn't it? That actually don't be scared that, uh, is this the right pool that I want to jump into? Because what, what if it gets saturated in three years time? So, well, yeah, we'll diversify, spread your risk and you can adapt as you move through. Yeah. You're not putting all your eggs in one basket. That's, that's the easiest way to it. But I, I love that, that what you've said there of you've taken something which has built to the business, the core of the business, yeah. but then it served its purpose. It's yeah. now been sold to then serve a bigger purpose exactly. and can actually contribute yeah. into the next stage of yeah. your timeline. And, and that's, yeah. I look at my business and my, my specific property business wise as a storybook almost. Yeah. It's, it's like a timeline it's like i've got yeah. chapters so yeah. my first chapter was buy to let's because as we were were taught and what we knew easiest thing to get into because it's less cash injection no regulations etc then moved into the next stage so that would be my chapter two chapter three chapter four so but i don't have a final chapter in my book right now no, it is exactly. ongoing there is no end bookmark or end page yeah for me yeah. to then stop at it is a case of see what see what comes <laughs> see what options are there i'm not kicking myself thinking oh i've not built uh a hotel or i've not been able to build new builds because that and right now isn't as a forefront for me that's not what i'm yeah. bothered about in this chapter in the in the book yeah. so i think yeah it's and it's probably something that we would have both talked about many a time to students and coaching clients and stuff is focus on yourself not other people yeah don't don't look at what exactly. other people are doing yeah. because realistically it's social media can be very fickle at times and it's mm. there it's the trying to impress the joneses it's yeah. keeping up the bouquet it's trying yeah. you don't need to do something just because someone else has done it or yeah feel disheartened because someone else has bought something and you haven't at this time but yeah. they might be leaving more money in that you can afford or whatever mm -hmm. else so yeah. it's yeah it's one of those uh, yeah. balances just make sure you focus on you and the, and the market at the end of the day the market has a way of leveling these things out and regulating it in it, itself doesn't it you, you mentioned article four already a couple of times so you know where a market is genuinely getting saturated which which isn't necessarily, well, isn't at all the government sort of taking sympathy on landlords and going, well, you know, we, we need to we need to make sure that your rents stay high. Far from it. Um, but it's it's where a particular property type is maybe having an impact on an area. So if there are it quite often happens in big student towns, doesn't it? Where you've got a lot of HMOs within a small network of streets and they can see that that's preventing local people from being able to buy housing stock. It's creating issues with noise and waste and so that's where regulations will potentially be introduced you know article yeah. 4 being one of those which is so so an article 4 is essentially um a government regulation that removes usually in 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 some areas you have uh, the ability to change a a normal house if you like a c3 residential house into a c4 hmo under permitted development 
so so effectively you've got prior approval there's still some paperwork involved but you don't have to go through a full planning application yeah. where the council feels that there is is saturation of hmos they will introduce an article 4 which just removes your um permitted development rights and you have to submit a full planning application if you want to introduce a new hmo into that area um and it's likely but not definite because a lot of people say that means you absolutely cannot do hmos in that area that's not 100 true but it is reasonably likely that they will turn down the application because that's the whole point of it they're trying to regulate the number of them so yeah you know it's but but it's so so regulation can come in to sort of manage where there is saturation in different areas but equally i don't i don't fear regulation i, I don't know about you i never feared hmo licensing because it favours the operators that are going to be operating at that level anyway and that are taking the time to future-proof what they're doing and, are you know, they take things like fire safety, um, et cetera, very seriously. And the same goes for service accommodation. There's, also, there's, there's growing fear in certain areas that, you know, regulation is going to come in or the 90-day rule that exists in london and i can't remember if he's come into edinburgh yet or it's coming in i can't remember it's coming in, yeah yeah so that you know is that going to come into more cities and but again i just see opportunities there for professional operators to 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 flourish and and really what it's going to do is it's going to make life, which is what it's designed to do is make life difficult for for want of a better term, your rogue landlords, if you like, people who are trying to sort of amateurs, survive, yeah, and cut the corners and and save money at the expense of actually having a really good product on the market. Yeah, I would I would completely concur with you on that. It is certainly something like yourself. I've not been fearful of and not been worried about because it does push the shit out of the market. It is mm -hmm. one of those times that you hear all these bad stories and landlords get given such a bad name because of the tv shows but that's because it's people who are doing it by themselves they're not following the regulations they're not having the correct team in place with management agents or the correct um kind of operating systems so it's they're just trying to make a quick buck so definitely there is opportunity there is um fortune for us which mm. we can and it's not praying against the the rogue landlords but we're just trying to protect our we're trying to protect our tenants our clients yeah. as you will because they are people living under our home so i always want to make sure that they are as safe as possible yeah um and give them the best home that they can live in because i would want to live in that same same property so yeah there is definitely options and opportunities for when councils bring in certain regulations certain rules that we need to adhere to Right now, there's a new one happening with um, with the more um, fire alarms and smoke detectors. Mm -hmm. So I just had a quite a lengthy uh, bill from my letting agent with all my different properties that need an extra fire alarm and smoke detector in certain yeah. areas of the properties, which mm -hmm. weren't originally needed, but mm -hmm. they are now. Again, it's a cost which I'll front. I've been able to cover that with my expenses mm -hmm. and, and my mm -hmm. uh, rentals, mm -hmm. but it's going to protect the tenants. So I'm going to make sure that my property is at the highest standards it can be. So other people, and when you're talking about saturation of, of and this is obviously mm. what we're talking about today, that we saw a couple of years ago when 
the government brought in clause 24 and a lot of the landlords basically jumped ship because they yeah. then were realizing they couldn't actually make as much profit as they used to because they weren't yeah. able to put their mortgages through yeah. as a tax up to expense yeah so then a lot of landlords were then selling up because they didn't mm. want to go through the hassle of that next stage so mm. we're going to see that again i think in what's coming now and in the future landlords yeah. will then just realize you know what this is too much hard work and effort for me to deal with if they are trying to control it themselves so yeah. they'll want to sell so then when people talk about the market saturated then these new rules might actually increase the market to be a better opportunity yeah. for us as buyers mm. and professional landlords to buy yeah. stock to then yeah. turn it around to make it good yeah and i think it's just having that that acceptance that mindset of acceptance isn't it the things are going to change um you know by all means make hay while the sun's shining if you've got an area where you can invest in a strategy and it's working but you know sort of don't be support don't be shocked if regulation comes in you know and there are opportunities at every step of the way so you know if you've got existing hmos and an article four comes in well the value of those properties has probably just gone up quite considerably because yeah. no one else is going to be able to intro not many people will be able to introduce more to the market it may even be that some of the stock even in article four areas some of the stock of existing hmos is so poor and so run down that you can actually add enough value to that to get the uplift you need to refinance um, and then and then you've got a really smart nice HMO within a, already within an article 4 area and that's fine because it was historically operating as an HMO anyway so you know there are opportunities within that and it's just yeah it's not like you said it's staying in your own lane it's not sort of you know worrying about the fear mongering and everything else know who to listen to um, you know, speak to the, yeah, 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 exactly. Words yeah. of wisdoms. Tune into the podcast. We'll keep you up to date. No, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's really then just thinking about how your model is going to adapt over time. Don't be too rigid and think, well, this is the, the way, the only way, and this is all I'm ever going to be doing or I'm, or I'm getting out of the market kind of thing. I always think that one of the things, arguably the main thing that, differentiates professional property investors from maybe more sort of amateur investors is is your ability to have a load of different um tools in your toolbox mm -hmm. you know and you can actually say okay well if that happens then so who knows when i first started investing in property i didn't even know what service combination was you know and that, so i'm not ruling out the possibility that in 10 years time i won't have any service combination i'd but I know that I will. You under your belt now. Just yeah. a <laughs> but, but what? But what gives me the true confidence is the the that I will be able to problem solve it, and I'll be able to pivot. And if that strategy starts to go cold, you you, you start moving into another strategy. So that's what it's all about, right? I think. Yeah. To, to if you're going to have any longevity, anyway. Definitely, definitely. It's yeah. it's be hungry again. There is yeah. going to be saturation there. There's going to be things that will change and adapt, but don't fall at the first hurdle if someone says no to you once you're not going to pack up your bags and think oh well that's me done i'm that's yeah. i'm i'm tapped out i'm going to find another venture it's yeah. we you have to get used to rejection again mm. i've had plenty of it in my my lifetime not just in property to be <laughs> honest so it's uh you get have to be thick-skinned and you have to yeah. get used to that rejection and used to something not might go the right way but then you've got as you said the tools in your toolbox to either adapt it you can change it you can diversify it to then yeah. turn it into a positive 
Cool. Nice and tidy, I think that. I think we've squared off saturated markets and, and busted a little bit of the myth around them, I think, quite nicely there. So hopefully people have found that that useful. Um, and uh, Jordan, thank you as ever for your time and input. And um, I will catch up with you soon. Very welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me as always. Take care, Jordan. Cheers. See ya. So I hope you found this episode useful. One thing you will undoubtedly find as you progress through your own property investment journey is that everybody has an opinion on property. The challenge often lies in being able to sift through these opinions and identify which are credible and which are not. Hopefully what we've been able to do in this episode is provide a bit of context around some of the scaremongering and misinformation that often comes along with investing in property and also give you some top tips on how to adapt and respond so that you're always one step ahead of the curve. To connect with myself and Jordan and a whole host of other active investors, why not head on over to the Property Wealth System community page on Facebook. We would love to see you over there. Don't forget, please like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast fix. Thanks again for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode.